Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Undying Light. I am your host, Pastor Alex, and we are back at it once again with another new episode. First of all, I want to welcome you to this podcast. If this is the first time you are listening, then welcome. And if you're a long-time listener, then welcome back. But for you new people out there, uh, I wanted to take the few seconds really quick and kind of uh, get a bit of an introduction to this um, episode or to the show really so that way you uh, understand the premise of what we do here so we have uh, essentially two shows one on a Tuesday one on a Friday the Tuesday show is walking us through the Lutheran theology the Friday show is exegeting books in the Bible and the Friday series is a series dedicated to cultivating and understanding what the text is saying uh, from a simple point of view. And we take and understand this as we uh, start to unpack God's word and we look at all of the pieces that are intertwined and interconnecting to other elements through scripture. So we've been going through some books that are uh, a little bit lesser known and a little bit, you know, especially never taught from, from a pulpit. And we are trying to help educate you and teach you, the listener, uh, just a little bit of you know truth as you're kind of you know listening through the day, whether whether in your car ride or what. But this podcast, in its entirety, is dedicated to taking the complexities of Scripture and simplifying them for the everyday listener. Uh, there are great podcasts out there that do uh, you know a deep dive in all the you know the high theological terms, the seminary terms, I call them the ivory tower debates, and they do a wonderful job with handling the complexities and talking through them. But for most of the average people, uh, those things are, you know, left for the seminaries and the debate stage. And my goal is to take the road less traveled and teach scripture in its simplicity. And so that's what we've dedicated ourselves to do here on uh, Undying Light as we are now, you know, working through a lot of the Old Testament. 
uh, as well as walking through books of um, or books in the New Testament we'll get to. But more importantly, on our Tuesday show, we are uh, working through um, the Lutheran theology because I am a Lutheran pastor. And so that uh, helps to work ourselves through that uh, understanding of you know what you're getting out of listening to me. And so I hope you guys have been edified and enjoying that content on Tuesdays. Uh, as I record this episode, this will air this coming Friday. That means next Tuesday, uh, I got to look actually now at my schedule so I don't second guess myself. I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, Baptism Part 2 will air tomorrow the 10th. And then on the 17th, I have uh, a conversation with uh, Chad Bird. He is a, a Hebrew uh, historian, theologian. Um, he teaches the Old Testament. He's very fluent in Hebrew, and uh, so I'm very excited to have him on the show. And he will, um, you know, blow your mind away with all of the beauty of the Old Testament and how it always points us to Christ. So very excited for that. That comes up Tuesday. You'll see a whole bunch of um, posts and stuff around me trying to share and get the word out because I thought that conversation was amazing. It was um, probably one of my more favorite interviews I've done in quite some time. Um, I also have a interview that I did and we aired it last Friday because I had some weird audio issues on my recording software. So I went ahead and jumped the gun and dropped an interview with Dave Jenkins, who again was another fantastic guest, um, easily one of the top favorites for this year as well. And Dave and I sat and talked through different aspects of writing, the challenges to being biblically uh, literate and the problem of biblical illiteracy in this country, uh, as long, along with uh, talking about some biblical justice. So we covered a range of topics on both of these shows, and uh, I'm very excited that they are now, or they will be soon available, both of them, for you to listen to. I have uh, some patrons as well who will be joining me on the mic in a couple of weeks, and uh, two different episodes, and we will be talking through various topics that they have chosen. So that's one big perk for being a patron and a supporter of the show. You can go on and uh, contribute, you know, however much you want. It's a dollar a month is the bare minimum. You can give more. You can join a tier. You can do a yearly subscription. The tiers um, really are just there to help facilitate the yearly um, subscriptions. So you don't have to jump into that. You can simply give a dollar a month or you can do a whole year at a dollar and it's uh with a discount it's like ten dollars and some change so that's a pretty good investment for 12 months of all of the content that you get plus being a patron you get to come on my show if you decide and i've had quite a few people uh join me on this show and two of them are going to be doing so in the next couple of weeks so those episodes will probably air sometime in june as bonus episodes i might put them uh, as a third drop during the week, I haven't decided yet because I want to keep Tuesdays to be in the, you know, focusing on the Lutheran theology. Chad being a Lutheran theologian made sense to put him on Tuesday. So that'll kind of interrupt the baptism series that we're working through. I am also trying to talk with some other guests and get some other people lined up for the summer in hopes that we can get, you know, some more edifying content into your ears. So that is really the spiel, if you would, on patron and, and kind of the upcoming sets of this show.
And if you've known me for uh, any period of time in real life, especially, you know that I like to talk. I'm very long-winded, um, and and often enough, <laughs> if my wife wants to take a nap in a car ride, she'll ask me some random theological question that she knows that it'll take me 45 minutes to reply in an answer. And so that means she can kind of nestle in and and uh, I guess my soothing jazz voice uh, helps lull her to sleep. And I don't know why, but that's just the way she is. So uh, I remember, actually, I think I might have said it on the show a while back, but we were on uh, a trip and we were... I don't remember if it was a vacation or, or a work trip, but we were together and we were driving down the interstate and we had a, quite a few hours left on our, till our destination. And I remember she was asking me all these questions and I would answer them. And then she would ask me more, you know, and we had good conversation. And then she asked me this question and I, and it was like a really long answer. And then I looked down at the passenger seat and she's asleep and I'm like, aha, I see what you did there. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, so I can babble on and on and on. And if you've joined us on the Bible uh, studies on Sunday evenings, you know that that is the case as well. Sometimes it takes me uh, a whole hour just to work through a few verses um, in our study, which of, is available for patrons exclusively. There is nothing that I do um, really outside of that scope now. Everything uh, outside of this podcast is going to be patron uh, only. And uh, I'm just going to keep doing a couple of posts a day on uh, Instagram, and that's it. I'm not doing any more teaching series. Uh, I'm not doing anything else that it, it would, you know, draw attention there, essentially. But I want to focus on my school, my church, and this podcast. Those are my three major priorities in terms of my work field. Uh, family obviously trumps all of these, but I want to take the time and, and dedicate more effort into developing uh, the goals and, and, and future of the patron uh, signs or setup or however you want to address it. So uh, again, you know, these are uh, things that I can just kind of keep talking and talking and talking about. Um, but I want to take this opportunity now and uh, work ourselves into uh, what we're going to be looking at in the next couple of weeks. Obviously today we're going to be finishing Obadiah. And then we are going to look at Joel. So <laughs> I, I kind of feel bad because um, my uh, Friday and, and really Tuesday series has been kind of interrupted with um, the, the two extra shows because I was thinking about putting the, the both of the interviews on a Wednesday so they wouldn't disrupt my schedule. And I had wrote a nice little schedule out for... Uh, my church uh, in our monthly newsletter because I was like, hey, here's some upcoming episodes. If any of these inter- you know, are uh, maybe interesting to you, then by all means, you know, let me know and I can get you the, the, uh, the episode and you can listen to it. And uh, so now I'm completely all the way off my schedule. And, but we will stick to Obadiah this Friday and Joel going on forward. So we'll do an introductory to Joel. Then we'll work ourselves through each chapter. And of course, all of this is helped through my Logos Bible software, which there are monthly deals that are going on right now. You can get 25% off all legacy software packages, which means anything Logos 8 and older, anything that's dedicated to Logos 8, any of the bundle packages, you get 25% off. And you can use my code Undying Light to get those discounts. Just go to logos.com forward slash Undying Light and get yourself some awesome, awesome 
Bible software. And actually, one of my patrons had just uh, purchased a uh, package, uh, the Lutheran package, because she's Lutheran, but she had just pur- purchased a uh, set of Logos software, and it is uh, she loves it. And, and I, I love mine, and I've got uh, a mix of Reformed and Calvinistic theology in here, along with a whole bunch of Lutheran stuff now. Uh, as I'm drifting, you know, not really drifting anymore, I'm, I'm planting my flag firmly in the Lutheran circle. And so I'm now kind of migrating my library over to that. So eventually, um, you know, it'll be solely focused on Lutheran content, uh, at least in my Logos library. This podcast is focused solely on the Lutheran uh, content. So uh, Obadiah this week and then Joel next week and Tuesday we'll continue, um, our, uh, episodes on baptism. And so we'll continue that series through and then we will work ourselves into the Lord's supper. So my goal is in the next, um, you know, eight or 10 weeks to work ourselves through the rest of the baptismal episodes. Um, so Chad's podcast will air this Tuesday and then we'll go back to podcast uh, the third episode in baptism on the next Tuesday and then uh, I've got the episode three through seven sitting in my library right now ready to go and then I'm going to uh, kind of do a Q&A episode I've got some questions that people have submitted to me about baptism we're going to answer those questions and then uh, we are going to do probably a final episode so we'll do probably do nine episodes total on baptism and we will dig into um, kind of the, you know, the overall, like here is what a Lutheran, confessional Lutheran would believe about baptism. And we will make sure we hammer down everything and, and tighten all those bolts. So uh, that will be the wrap up episode. And then we will dig into uh, the Lord's Supper as we move through the sacrament series. And then after we're done with that, I plan on moving into other uh, aspects of the Lutheran faith. And so, uh, with that said, let's look at Obadiah. Uh, we, <laughs> I had recorded this whole episode uh, last week, and then I had audio issues, so I had to scrap it. Um, so I'm a little sad now that I have to <laughs> come back and do the episode completely again. Uh, I wish I could have salvaged some of it, but yeah, it was a horrendous mess. It sounded like I was in a giant echo chamber, and it was just terrible. I don't know how or why GarageBand was doing that, so... Let's look at Obadiah. Verse 1, the vision of Obadiah. And now the ESV will segregate this from uh, the next handful of text. Again, this is one chapter long. And uh, so it is only uh, a handful of verses. It's 21 verses entirety. So let us look. Uh, We will work ourselves through the context going on here. And uh, we will dig into some of these verses. So verse 1, the vision of Obadiah. Edom will be humbled. The rest of verse one, thus says the Lord God concerning Edom, we have heard a report from the Lord and a messenger has been sent among the nations. Rise up, let us rise against her for battle. Behold, I will make you small among the nations and you shall be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rock in your lofty dwelling, who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Though you soar aloft like the eagle, though Your nest is set among the stars. From there, I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If thieves come to you, if plunderers come by night, how you have been destroyed. 
Would they not steal only enough for themselves? If grape gatherers come to you, would they not leave gleanings? How Esau has been pillaged, his treasures sought out. All of your allies have driven you to your brother. Those at peace with you have deceived you. Those have, those they have prevailed against you. Those who eat your bread have set a trap beneath you. You have no understanding. Will I not on that day, declares the Lord, destroy the wise men out of Edom and, un, and understanding out of Mount Esau? And your mighty men shall be dismayed, O Teman, so that many men from the Mount Esau may be cut off by slaughter. Edom's violence against Jacob, verse 10. Because of the violence done to your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you and you shall be cut off forever. On the day that you stood aloft, on that day that strangers carried off your wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. But do not gloat over the day of your brother and the day of his misfortune. Do not rejoice over the people of Judah and the day of their ruin. Do not boast in the day of distress. Do not enter the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Do not gloat over his disaster in the day of his calamity. Do not loot his wealth in the day of his calamity. Do not stand at the crossroads and cut off his fugitives. Do not hand over his survivors in the day of distress. Wrapping out, uh, well, we got two more sections here. Verse 15 through 18. The day of the Lord is near. For the day of the Lord is near upon all nations. Have you, As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall return on your own head, for as you have drunk on my holy mountain, so the nations shall drink continually. They shall drink and swallow, and shall be as though they had never been. But in Mount Zion there shall be those who escape, and it shall be holy. And the house of Jacob shall possess their own possessions. The house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau a stubble. They shall burn them and consume them. And there will be no survivors of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. The kingdom of the Lord, verses 19 through 21. Those of Nagab shall possess Mount Esau. Those of the Shepelah shall possess in the land of the Philistines. They shall possess the land of Ephraim and in the land of Samaria. And Benjamin shall possess Galad. These exile, the exiles of this host of the people of Israel shall possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zarephim. And the exiles of Jerusalem who are in uh, Sephard shall possess the cities of Nagab. Survivors shall go to Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. All right, so we got some interesting things happening in just this one book. It is simply one chapter long, but it's a prophecy of Edom's destruction, right? So it is a prophecy given to Obadiah, and we don't know too much about him, but uh, you know, go back and listen to a uh, previous episode on the introductory to Obadiah. Uh, so he is used here as a point to prophesize against Edom's destruction and they and how they will be repaid for mishandling, mistreating God's people. And so we get this vision. Um, and uh, again, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I'm actually thinking about taking Hebrew this summer. Uh, I might do. Uh, I might do it this summer. I might do it this fall. I haven't really decided yet. But uh, Hebrew uh, word for vision is chaza, and I probably didn't pronounce that right. So uh, my apologies. But it means to see. 
Uh, and this occurs elsewhere in the titles of the prolef- uh, prophetic writings as a technical term for divine revelation. This is found in Isaiah 1.1 and Nahum 1.1 as well. So Obadiah, this <clears throat> servant or worshiper of the Lord, uh, is coining this prophecy, this vision. This is what it is to come. It is essentially means to see. He is seeing and witnessing what God is telling him. <clears throat> a dozen different men in the Old Testament were so named uh, Obadiah. Oddly, there are no additional informations of this particular prophet who delivered God's message in the years following the fall of Jerusalem in 587 B.C. So we have this declaration here in the first verse, thus says the Lord, this message against an enemy of Israel carried God's authority and was no matter of and was not a matter of Obadiah's wishful thinking. This is coming from the Lord. Again, anytime we come across a text, it's pretty self-explanatory. Thus says the Lord God. If and we should also coin this this understanding too, that uh, when we dig into uh, the scripture and we see God speaking, there's there's different points between God speaking. And then God declaring something when he, you know, when God's speaking, he's usually calling out to somebody. Let's use Abraham. For instance, he'll say, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham responds, here I am, Lord. When he's making a declaration, it is, it is, you know, it is not necessarily in conversational. It is, this is what's going to happen. Here's, you know, the future of something, or here's the result, or here's the judgment of something. So uh, I think it helps us to understand just how those words are used as we dig into this text. So we have, thus says the Lord, it's a declaration of Edom's destruction coming, not something out of Obadiah's wishful thinking. He is merely a messenger in this in this conversation here. So uh, we will see here as uh, God is going to cut Edom down to size. Uh, this is uh, for a description of uh, severity against God's judgment against Edom. You can go to Isaiah 34 verses 5 through 15 or Jeremiah 49 verses 7 through 22. And you will see God's judgment written out in a little bit more clarity in those two portions portions of chapter. So uh, to contrast here, as we move into this text, we see uh, they are kind of given this uh, description that they live in the clefts of the rocks. They um, Really, even the one city of the Edomites uh, was is translated as rock. Uh, Edom is a rugged, mountainous terrain, and so that's why you get some of these uh, verses here through verses three through five, uh, with this kind of depiction of mountains and in um, rocky environments. But God is going to bring them down to size. He's going to make them small. And essentially what is going to happen is he was go- he is going to uh, uh, eventually eliminate or remove Edom from the map. And God will bring swift and permanent judgment against them. So uh, in verse 5, we have uh, this contrast to what thieves might take. As it the, as the contrast goes, Edom's destruction would be completely would be complete, despite her supposed security in these mountain strongholds, as Jeremiah is pointing to in uh, chapter forty nine. So, verse five, if we go back, is the thieves come to you? If plunderers come by night, how you have been destroyed? Would they not only steal enough for themselves? So, generally, when a thief breaks into a house, they are only a taking what it is they want. 
what is attractive to them, what they think is going to bring them money. They aren't going to take everything. They're not going to go in and take out your all the underwear out of your underwear drawer. They're not going to take the spoons out of your cabinet unless you have like gold spoons or, you know, like something that's really, you know, eloquent type thing. But they're going to go after the things that are valuable. They're going to go after the things that are going to bring them money. So they will only take one, what they need and two, what they can really carry. But what we see is in contrast here is God is going to completely decimate Edom in, in as a, you know, the, the picture being painted is these will only take so much, but God will take everything. And I think that's a pretty bold, you know, that's a pretty, that's a pretty harsh statement. Um, you know, even for Christians that we see God's divine judgment coming upon nations, but we also have to understand as Christians that this is the perfect and divine holy God, and we are sinful and disobedient people. And so we, you know, it, I'm going to segue just just briefly before I wrap up the next portion, this portion of the text here. I want to br- briefly segue um, something I've been kind of seeing on Twitter lately is the, uh, you know, the the opponents to abortion. Now, Dave Jenkins just did an episode on Servants of Grace for abortion, and you should go listen to it. This is not going to be that. But what we have is people who are responding, right? You have Christians who are against abortion, and they're talking about how every life is valuable. And then you have these people who are not biblical scholars. They're not theologians. They're not even Christians. And they're saying, well, God killed people in the Old Testament. You're right. God did kill people. There's a big difference between God doing something and man doing something. God is divine, holy, and just and can do whatever he pleases. God would still be divine, holy, and just if he decides to eliminate the entire world and not save a single soul. But God is unfair, and he saves whom he chooses. And what we get in the Old Testament, you know, especially a text like this, it pays us to understand that Edom throughout its entire history has been an opponent. And we will see that as we get to uh, verse six with Esau, the ancestral father of the Edomites. And and Obadiah is using Esau's name here as a synonym for Edom. Obadiah is recalling the historical strife and contention between Esau and Jacob as we go back to Genesis chapter 25. This is the nations of Edom and Israel. They have both been descendants from Jacob going to Israel and Esau going down to Edom. And they have been at, you know, they've been in contention and, and they've had uh, been at odds for, for, for centuries. And God is going to bring swift judgment. And, and, and I like how later on in, in Obadiah here we get to, you know, this, uh, the portion of Edom's violence against Jacob. And like from verse 12 to 14, I really like how. Uh, they record this here. Obadiah records it. He says, but do not gloat over the day of your brother in his day of misfortune. Do not rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of ruin. Do not boast in the day of distress. What what God is telling Obadiah here and then Obadiah is telling the Jewish people is that in this framework, Judah has been judged as they have often throughout the text, but the focus isn't necessarily on them. But what it is is, God is going to bring, you know, corrective judgment to the nation of Israel and ultimate and complete justice and judgment to the nation of Edom. 
So verses 1 through 9, Esau and his descendants have been arrogant and worldly since Esau sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of stew. The nation has a long record of his hostility towards God's people, uh, which is Israel, and by extension toward God himself. Obadiah announces God's judgment in Edom's behavior. Uh, yet it is easy to forget that God in his mercy has given Edom such a long time to repent and come to him. The centuries have been pa- that have passed demonstrate God's patience with Edom, and God continues patiently to offer our world his grace and postpones judgment so that more people may repent. So as we continue on with the latter half here of the chapter, we get that transition now here in verse 10 as I was just talking about the day uh, or violence against Jacob. And verse 10 gives us this, um, this, this point because of the violence done to your brother Jacob. Shame shall cover you and you shall be cut off forever on that day, which is pointing us to the time possibly when the Babylonians had captured Jerusalem in 587 B.C., there's not any clear distinction, but that's the closest thing. King Nebuchadnezzar the Babylon, of Babylon besieged Jerusalem, finally broke through the gates, burned the temple, tore down its walls, as 2 Kings chapter 25 indicates. And then if we see uh, the author of Psalm 137 verse 7 uh, implicates Edom in this attack, making her as guilty as uh, Babylon. So there's a cross connection here between Psalm 137 and and what's happening in 2 Kings chapter 25. So uh, we have uh, over the day in verse 12 is Edom's rejoicing over Judah's day of judgment without realizing that her day of reckoning was coming, a day all nations will face. Uh, Ambrose of Milan writes this. He says, Grant that so often as the sin of anyone who has fallen is made known to me that I may suffer with him and not chide him proudly but mourn and weep. So I, I want to kind of jump over here to verse 15 um, and we'll look at these last groups of verses here. 15 to 18, uh, there's a lot of discrepancies that can come out of these texts here. Uh, we have the day of the Lord is near and verse 15 opens with the day of the Lord is near and, and it's upon all the nations. So what does that mean? Is that an eschatological statement? Yes, in some framework. There's, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Um, and, uh, we could, uh, dig into, you know, all of the nuances of the differences between judgment with, you know, Christ coming into the world essentially to start the separation of the sheep and the goats. And then we have, um, you know, the actual return of Christ after his ascension, we have the return of Christ that will be that day of judgment where all nations will be judged. We, we don't, we're not really given too much to work off of in that, if that is pointing us to any particular text. But what we do see is more of a kind of a localized judgment, right? We know Edom's going to be judged. We know Judah's being judged. And we know that the day of the Lord is coming to those people. And really what happens here in verse 18 is ultimate judgment against Edom. So Edom's completely removed. Verse 18 gives us the summary. And there shall be no survivor of the house of Esau as the Lord has spoken. So that concludes Edom. And I think it's it, it pays us to understand um, well 
that there's different kinds of judgment that God brings. Uh, we have the judgment in the garden, even when God decided to be merciful to Adam and Eve and clothe them with animal hide, and but while still providing a punishment for them, he provides judgment against the serpent, and he curses the ground, curses childbirth, you know, and does those things. Then we move on to the flood, and we have the flood essentially being a a in time of judgment, a day of the Lord, where all of the people except eight were uh, were killed. And then we have, you know, we go through the time of uh, nation of Israel. We have even, you know, once Jerusalem is established, the city is plundered and overran by various enemies throughout Judah's time because they are disobedient. The Israelites don't care um, about God and they are focused on themselves. So we have isolated incidences of God's judgment coming throughout Scripture and then we can even say that as Jesus walk and walked this earth and taught in this earth, that that is a framework or the beginnings of the end of times, because that really is kicking off the end of it all. And Jesus is going and is essentially separating those who believe and those who don't. So that, I think, helps us to understand just a brief amount. I mean, I, I did a whole extensive study on eschatology, but you know, there's a lot more that can even be said. It was not an exhaustive series. So let's um, look at just these last couple of verses. Uh, we're going to summarize it real quick for us before we wrap out the show. So verses 19 through 20 here uh, show us that throughout history, God has used people such as Obadiah to speak his words, and he's used nations such as Edom and Israel as object lessons. Edom paid the price for spiritual arrogance and indifference. Israel was punished for its unfaithfulness. However, God remains faithful to his people. He keeps his promises and preserves a faithful remnant. There are times when we are also spiritually ignorant and deserve punishment, but God keeps calling us to repentance and to believe his promises of salvation. To all who listen to his word, he has given the privilege of serving as a witness to the point others to his grace and the, and the one Savior, Jesus Christ. So as we wrap up Obadiah, it is good for us to see that God is using both as objects uh, to demonstrate his judgment. And I think it helps us also to pay close attention to how um, God works and how he is long patient and uh, is merciful to, to his people. So that's going to wrap this week's show. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back Tuesday with our uh, show with an interview with Chad Bird, and then we will be back into the baptismal series the following Tuesday. And then next Friday, we will be looking at uh, the prophet Joel and unpacking what is going on there. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Please share this, review us, subscribe, whatever platform you're on, and we will see you next week. God bless. Take care.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 